Welcome to the Basilian Library Bridging the Distance podcast, where we try to keep our students, administration, faculty, staff, and alumni informed during the 2020 physical distancing situation. My name is Courtney Dalton. I'm the library assistant at the Basilian Library, and with me is Shamika Ford, the assistant director of residence life at Manor. So thank you, Shamika, for joining us today to talk with us. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here, and I'm really excited about getting our community informed. So why don't we start by having you talk a little bit more about your role at Manor and what exactly your job entails. Absolutely. So as Courtney stated, I'm the Assistant Director of Residence Life, so I oversee the residence hall and all those students that live within the hall. A big part of my job is developing the holistic development of our residential students so that learning that happens outside of um, We're able to successfully do that through the actions and programming efforts of our resident advisors. So we hold a variety of programs throughout the academic year, programs such as social justice to so as simple as a movie or cooking night. One of, the, one of my most favorite programs that we hosted, and I believe it was the last program we, we offered right before we had to evacuate the hall to quarantine. Um, we did a My Room is Hate Free campaign. And what it was, the students' designs would kind of be equivalent to like a do not disturb sign, the things that kind of hang on your knob. And it's that my room is hate free, and the students got to decorate it to represent their identity. So, for example, like an LGBTQIA or an ally student, you know, maybe like the rainbow flag, and we had you know, Black Lives Matter um, stickers and posts that they could put on them, and then they put them throughout the entire room. So, for the most part, most of our residents participated so throughout the entire building. You saw it, and it really promoted a great, healthy conversation. It also gave students an opportunity to present some identities that we may not actually be able to see, but are still very much a part of who they are. So that's what I do. And I miss doing it since we're in quarantine, but time's coming for us to start all over. But my understanding is that you actually live in Manor's residence hall, St. Josephette. So how has that been for you, especially um, kind of in these last few months with practically nobody else on campus? Well, I'm here with my husband and my cat, so we keep each other company. And mm-hmm. since the residence hall is going through renovations, I'm never really alone. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you can hear now, but you can hear the construction team above. In some ways, it's... I've always done this kind of work. So in the summer times, it's usually just myself and maybe one other staff member on campus. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of accustomed to, these, to this down period. But I definitely miss students building those relationships, hanging out. But they'll be back in just a few weeks. How have you um, stayed connected during this uh, physical distancing time? Yeah, absolutely. So with friends and family, we do a lot of FaceTime. Um, I have had the opportunity to go visit my mother, which is great, and my mother and my grandfather. My mother takes care of my grandfather. Um, so we have a very small group of family members that we do actively see. Um, so we'll do dinners, a lot of outdoor activities. Um, I just recently bought a house, so helping her kind of move in and garden, which is something I really enjoy doing. Um, so that's really how I stay connected. And then just the FaceTimes and a lot of Zoom meetings and hanging out, Zoom hangouts with games or trivia. Which is really fun. I think it's just, it challenges us to find new ways to engage beyond like, oh, let's go to dinner and a movie. So that's what I do. As a library podcast, we're kind of especially interested in the way that Manor students interact with the library. And so as somebody who works directly with a lot of students, what role does the library play in, in students' lives at Manor? Absolutely. So when I really think of the library and how our students use it, it's really a space to relax and unwind, quiet, and study. Um, I think a lot of our students, at least the ones in the residence hall, they really look at the library as their kind of safe space to study and decompress from a busy day and get their work done. Um, and using that silence to aid them in kind of focusing and concentrating. 
Mm -hmm. um, they, they really enjoy it. I think it looks nice. So it gives them like a lot of little nooks and crannies to hang out in and relax. And I know a lot of students are using use the tables that are kind of in the back that are isolated. They really enjoy those spaces. A lot of our students call it your true study space. Um, and mm -hmm. then like the kind of more of a little social area you see when you first walk in those chairs, they really like the look of it. And they'll sit there and quietly talk with friends or listen to music. So looking back on your own past, do you have any favorite library memories, um, either from your childhood or when you were in college or more recently? Oh, absolutely. And I guess I'm about to show my age a little. Um, growing up, the library was an integral part of my childhood. My mother's an avid reader, so she always made it a point to take me to the library. Um, and for a long time, I was only a child, about nine years old. Um, so I didn't have any siblings. <laughs> so um, we always went to the library. Well, library as well, a block and a half from my childhood home. How they had so many activities I can remember. Like they would have read alongs and story times, and they had like an adult section and a children's library all in the one. So the children's library was like that magical, cool place that I always enjoyed going to. And I had my own little library card. And I used to, uh, this is a part that ages me. This is before audiobooks and their form that we know them now. It was like the audiobook for kids was a cassette tape and a book mm -hmm. in like a little bag hanging up. And my mother would always let me get one or two audiobooks, and I loved it. I had like this Fisher Price radio. I went to my room, put my cassette tape in, and follow along in, my, in my, my books. And one book I used to love so much, it was called Tiki Tiki Tumbo. It's actually a really old book. It's from like the 60s. But in the early 90s, I still loved that book. And it was Tiki mm -hmm. Tiki Tumbo, Notes Are Rainbow, The Charlie Barber, Perry Tumbo. And that was like one of my favorite books. I used to love the audio, put my little headphones on, follow along. And what was cool about it was that's also when I was, was much younger, so I was still learning how to read and learn like fluency. Um, and those audio books and that, they really helped with that process. And then as I got mm -hmm. older and kind of moved out of the children's library, then my mother and I would sit and we'd read in the adult section and pick out books, some books we would read together and we'd talk about them. And that really sparked my, my love for reading. I don't have as much time for it as I would like. Well, the quarantine has a lot of that, but oh, I love the library. So in terms of um, the format of books a day, do you still like to listen to audiobooks or do you prefer a hard copy, a, a digital copy? Well, with my current lifestyle, I must say audiobooks have definitely been a saving grace. It keeps me mm -hmm. in the loop and allowing me to read. But I, if I had a preference, I would prefer to sit down and read a book. But, you know, mm -hmm. my lifestyle nowadays, we don't really have as much time to sit down and read. So we're always in the books. So I do audiobooks in the car. I have my headphones while I'm shopping. And I will put on the audio. Is there anything that you read uh, more recently that stands out for you, that stands out to you, really made an impression on you? Oh, absolutely. So I love uh, those sci-fi books. Mm -hmm. um, so one of my favorite authors is Octavia Butler, and I've read everything mm -hmm. she's ever written, but I reread the Parable series. Um, mm -hmm. And oh, that book was absolutely amazing. Historically, um, you don't really see too many black sci-fi authors in the time that Octavia Butler. Um, so that made an imprint on me that like, wow, like, you know, this, this sheen of, um, of literature isn't limiting. And it actually have, has characters that, that are like me, that are women of color, people of mm -hmm. color, doing these kind of supernatural things. And I've always appreciated that. And that definitely made an impact on me. I, I do dabble a little, I'm not saying that I'm a great writer, but I dabble a little and write short stories in my leisure. And that really has definitely influenced my writing. Mm -hmm. uh, again, I love her. I read Toni Morrison. Toni Morrison is a little, a little more dense. I read a lot mm -hmm. of her more in college than in my leisure. Absolutely. So definitely Octavia Butler, Terrible Series, Letters Blood. Uh, just so many, all of her books, really. I've read them all and I love them. They definitely have been 
influenced how I write, how I receive literature, and how I kind of dissect it as well. It should take someone more of a surreal piece. So um, it'll be like the regular world we live in, and then boom, she'll add a twist. And it's like, mm. obviously, you know, fiction, but it, you know, it could happen, and it makes it more entertaining. You know, and it's mm -hmm. real things and real places and real historical landmarks that exist. So it's just taking this world that I actually occupy and I live in and mm -hmm. making it more interesting. Yeah, I just read Kindred by Octavia Butler. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Um, and I heard it's kind of different from her other books in terms of not being so much of a sci-fi feeling, but kind of more of historical fiction. Although there's like a fantasy or sci-fi element, I guess. Yeah, and that's all. That's the theme across all her books. She is classically a sci-fi author, but she does take that kind of real, real thing, like tracking mm -hmm. that in Kindred, tracking that family's history, but then saying, "Oh, by the way, now you'll." You'll have headaches and your time jump to save mm -hmm. your, your lineage, as it would be. And mm -hmm. she does that throughout all of her books. Mm -hmm. but did you do the graphic novel or did you just do the. Like, no, I did the original print version. If you're into graphic novels, I definitely encourage you to um, pick that one up too. Well done graphic novel. I read comic books too. That's another thing I do in my leisure. I do like a good comic. I'm following up, you know, catching up on all the X Men. I started from like one and working my way. Any, any movies you, you've seen recently or? I'm guilty of, I don't really watch too many, it's weird, like I don't watch too many new movies regularly. I'm a person who will just watch movies I've already seen, if that makes any sense, so like the mm -hmm. classics. Yeah. And also, of course, I love the man, so I'm usually um, more interested in comedies. I will do like horror and some dramas, but I love to laugh. Um, my favorite movie that I can always watch is called Harley Nights. Mm -hmm. That movie is hilarious. It's by far one of my favorite comedies just because it has so many of like our great comedians in it. And Murphy, Charlie Murphy, Ray Fox, Robin Harris, Bella Reese, Richard Pryor. Like it has all of those. It's great. It's like a perfect blend in my opinion. of just like laughing from the moment it comes on to the moment it goes off. So if you want a good laugh and you like classic comedy like I do, put on hard on nights. It's a good time. Do you ever go to... The throwback movie nights at the theaters, um, obviously before the pandemic. Surprisingly, no, I haven't. I always said I would, but I don't. Um, mm -hmm. In a perfect world, I would have my own theater. <laughs> mm -hmm. And watching myself, I do find myself watching movies at home. Now, if it's like a Marvel movie, those are the movies I do actively go to. But no, I, I definitely should. In the future, when everything kind of, whatever our new normal is, and when I feel comfortable going back to theaters, I will take advantage of a throwback What was the last movie you saw in a theater, if you can remember, before the pandemic? <laughs> so during last RA training, during our last RA training, uh, we had a lot of bonding activities because it's really important for us to function as a team, for us to bond activities. A lot mm -hmm. of our evenings to, to go places and do things. Mm -hmm. um, I took the RAs to the movies. They chose the movie, I didn't. And mm -hmm. then to see um, Hobbs and Shaw, I don't really care for for those kind of movies because they're just ridiculous. They're just mm -hmm. ridiculous. There was this one scene where I think The Rock was hanging from a helicopter and he was holding a car with a chain. And it was just ridiculous. Like, no, no, you're not. Though you are The Rock, sir, that would have pulled you apart. So I can't handle those kind of movies. But they loved it. And that was the last time I went to the theater, I think. Yeah, I don't recall seeing anything else. Unless um, Us, I'm not sure when Us came out. If Us came out, after Holmes and Shaw or whatever it was called, then I may have seen that first. So taking you back to January 2020, 
Is there something you were, anything you were looking forward to at that time or kind of what were your expectations of how the year was going to go at that time? Yes, I've had so many trips. I'm a traveler. I love to travel. I learn things about new cultures. Uh, I'm the, the person in the group too. When we do travel, I plan everything. Okay, from 9 a.m. to 8, we do this. I film this, we do that. So I had my whole itinerary laid out for in March. I was supposed to go to Paris and London mm -hmm. uh, for my mother's 50th birthday, but unfortunately, wow. We had to postpone our trip. Mm -hmm. um, so I was really looking forward to that. It was going to be my first time going to Paris. And I was really excited about that. And also, again, celebrating my mother's 50th birthday because that was something that she wanted to do. She said, if I do anything for my 50th birthday, I want to take a picture on the Eiffel Tower. And mm -hmm. I was surprising her with the London trip. She didn't know about that. And I am really disappointed that I couldn't do that. Safety first, I understand. But that was definitely what I was looking forward to. And I, I, I'm a, like some avid traveler, so I definitely had some more trips peppered in. Like I was considering going to um, Jamaica with a, a group of friends, um, but that also got postponed. So all my travel plans is really what I was looking forward to today. Yeah, definitely a lot of travel plans have really suffered in the past. Oh, um, absolutely. Is there any advice that you would give to students? about how to make the most of um, their time at Manor during this unusual semester? I would say engaging your community, of course, safe, using social distance. College is one of the few times where, like, yes, you're very busy with schoolwork and other obligations, but you're living amongst your friends in a kind of a constant state of, like, opportunities to engage and socialize. So just don't be scared to step out of your circle. Talk to a person you may have never talked to or traditionally talked to. Um, engage with your neighbor. Someone's door is open, it's actually okay to say, hi, I just wanted to say hello and introduce yourself. Um, usually that's why the door is open. Um, so take advantage of that. Socialize, expand your group. Um, if opportunities for like service trips come up, take full advantage of it. This is one of the few times in your lives you'll actually have time to do so. So dare to be different. Find yourself. Try to do things. Great time. Because after that, once you start working and paying bills, you just don't have time to do those fun things. As often as you would like it. Yeah, I just graduated in 2019. And um, it was definitely, it's definitely a, a unique four years or a few years, however many years of your life. Mm -hmm. I must say, when I even look at my, my friend circle, I've had friends from high school, absolutely. But my best friends now, my, my A1s, I would say, are the friends I made in college. Those are my best friends. I mean, my high school friends are cool, but my best friends are the ones I had in college. Yeah, I feel the same. Right. To say. <laughs> Is there anything else that, you know, we didn't get to? No, not at all. I feel like we covered everything. I just want to mm -hmm. thank you for having me. It was a great time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for talking with us. And uh, I hope you have a good rest of your summer, which is quickly um, about to end, I guess. It's the same to you. Thank you. Bridging the Distance is a podcast from the Basilia Library at Manor College. It is hosted and produced by head librarian Rich Jukwich and library assistant Courtney Dalton. Keep an eye out for future episodes on the podcast website at anchor.fm slash bridging the distance or subscribe to Bridging the Distance on your favorite podcast app. Our intro music is Thereafter by A.A. A. Alto and our outro music is Hammer and Bridge by Isla Nereo. <laughs>